Hey, I'm not gonna be a real patient guy now. Huddle up, huddle up. You know what? You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. We're not posing for football cards now, offense. We're not posing for football cards. Let's play with some speed. Just get north and south. You're not Billy White Shoes Johnson. How stupid are we? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Well, call it on Tom Brady, will you? Call it on those guys. I've never seen that in my life. Do it again. Do it again. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here, huddle up! You gotta build the foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. What's going on, Raider Nation? Micah here, along with Tyler, bringing you another episode of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. I'm still digging that intro, Tyler. How are you doing? I am doing just peachy. How about yourself? Dude, I'm doing fantastic. We are on the, really, I feel like the eve of free agency, though we are still about a week away. You know, everything's revving up. You're starting to have, like, all these players, you know, it's almost like a done deal. They just have to wait for the date to get here to get signed. Speaking of which, dude, we'll get into this Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Odell Beckham situation coming up. We've got a fantastic interview with Nick Farbaugh. Uh, in this week's episode, I'm really jacked for that. Before that, though, you want to hit us up, give us a call, get in on this podcast action, 208-557-9771 the number to call. Leave us a voicemail. We want you on the pod, Raider Nation. We want you on here with us. We like to debate, talk about what you get your thoughts on the state of the nation, get your thoughts on the state of the free agency and the draft. I mean, we're going to have a load to talk about here soon with free agency right around the corner. The Combine just wrapped up. Uh, give us a call. Uh, also, hit us up on Facebook. Our Facebook page just hit 100 followers. Nice. Just at Behind the Eye Patch on Facebook. That's the group to search for. Find us on Twitter, at Behind Eye Patch on Twitter. Give us a follow. Shoot us a tweet. Send us a personal message. If you don't want to leave us a voicemail, leave us a message through Twitter. Drop us yeah. an, something on the inbox on Facebook. If We'd love to talk about it. Yeah, if you're embarrassed of your take on, like, I want to draft Andy Isabella in the first round, just drop us a, a, a DM, you know? Right, and, maybe, uh, you wanna, maybe you want to ship out, you know, all three first-round picks for both Odell and Antonio Brown. There along you go, with... and I'll slap you silly and hide your, <laughs> you know, hide your clothes and tie it to a tree, but uh, you, you know what? Your, your secret's safe with us. Yes, and you're entitled to your opinion, so we'll talk about it. We'd love to hear from you, so... Drop us a line in either of those. I mean, there's just a plethora of ways to reach us here at Behind the Eye Patch. Tyler, man, you got some shout-outs for us this week. Yes, we hit 225 followers Woo-hoo! on Twitter. I know that doesn't seem like a lot to a lot of the podcast. You know, like they have thousands of followers. But we're trying to reach the millions one listener at a time. Right. This week we have... You will be successful. He's a retired NFL player and current high school coach here to provide motivation. Uh, D will skills nine Raider one nation six overtime heroics. Uh, they are a must follow for any sports fan. They are a chat room of different. That's got baseball. You got basketball. You got football. All kinds of stuff. Sin and Sid. Oh my goodness, sorry. Sin in Sin City. Uh, she is a, a follower of ours from Las Vegas. Nice. Uh, Johan Pablo Ferrari. Uh, Raider 
BC, Canadian Raider, Sherwin Goodman, Jason Scott, The Big Play Podcast, Sean Harris, uh, he is from Utah, so he's kind of, you know, he's kind of close to home for us. Hearth and Home Specialties, I don't know what we can do for you guys, but uh, (laughs) thank you for following us. And uh, they're serving the Las Vegas community, so maybe they're like, hey guys, come check us out when you're down there for the opening game. Maybe they can set you up with with a Raider Den there, you know, maybe get you something set up like that, love it. Vegas Raiders fan, hit up Hearth and Home Specialties. Perhaps they can make you like a, a Raider cave or something. Yeah. Good idea, Micah. There you go. Uh, Ty Lindsay, Alec OK at the Alpha Alec. Uh, Vegas Raiders Nation Game Day. So they are a Vegas and Raiders game day experience, tailgating parties, tickets, and everything you need to know before the Raiders move to Las Vegas in 2020. Uh, the Donut Bag Podcast, um, Todd Gray, The Third Down Squad, Mar- Mark Riley, uh, he's a writer for the for Belly Up Sports, which does the, I think they're on, no, I lied, Mark Riley, uh, Ramon Prado, Julio Mancia, Darth Vader, and Matt Fallon's Burner, at Fallonator007. Uh, Darth Vader, Micah, what are your thoughts on Darth Vader following our podcast? You know, it only seems fitting, you know, I mean, the dark side, Darth Vader, uh, I mean, it seems ripe for the plucking to me, man. It's an honor and a privilege, man. Love, love getting hit up by Darth Vader himself. Obviously that is the real Darth Vader. So man, I'll take it. Love it. I love it. It, it, Now let me ask you is, is, does he have a, is the profile picture of Darth Vader? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, and well then, has, yeah, that's that's Kylo Ren as well. That's Darth Vader. Then I mean, that's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that in my mind. So that's awesome, dude. We're just we're just you know creating. We got this following, you know, led by we're guys reaching like intergalactic reaches. Now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we went from I was impressed when we were starting to hit like Ireland, uh, England. Uh, but I mean, we've gone into different galaxies now and that's, that just tells you where this podcast is going. If you ask me, so that's fantastic. Do you you mind me? I've got another shout out, but I don't know. I don't know who it is. Okay. Go for it. See if I can find this photo on my telephone. No, Um, no, uh, no, uh, member of Raider nation left behind here. That's for sure. Uh, this is from our behind the eye patch um, podcast f- I, reviews. That's what they are. Reviews on iTunes. Uh, this one says, Love Me Some Raiders by Whippasnappa. So if you know who you are, um, we really appreciate this. For anyone wanting some in depth football discussions with emphasis on the Raiders, plant yourself here and let the sweet sounds of the eye patch fill your auditory canals. I have always wanted to know what secrets existed behind the eye patch of the Raider, and the X marks the spot here. Wow, that is just Dang. poetry at its finest. Just, Man. just poetic. And Fantastic. whoever you are, with the snapper, if you follow us, would you please send us a DM so we can we can acknowledge your poetic prowess and your your wonderful words. Uh, I thought I was taken aback by that. I was like, "Holy cow! That's this awesome. sounds like sh- 
we got Shakespeare writing for us. Uh, man, uh, so, that was good. I, uh, yeah. That trip, that trip, lightly off the tongue too. Yes, uh, that's. It, it sounds great, and I apologize. I was like, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, thanks to them. Also, I have uh, for anybody that listens to our show, we know that we, um, Mike and I are big fishermen. And I recently had the opportunity to interact with a, a young man, and I shouldn't say a young man because I'm like 32 and he's in college, so a, a fellow <laughs> fisherman. And I told him that I would give him a shout out because he made me some custom lures uh, for uh, fishing for uh, muskies. Nice. And so uh, I just want to give a shout out if I can. His company is Laser Bucktails. You can find them um, on um, on Etsy. That's where I found them. Laser Bucktails is his shop. His name is Peyton Renning, and uh, he's got he did a a, a custom uh, bucktail for tiger muskie for me down here because the fish feed on goldfish. And so he, he imitated this goldfish pattern for me. I told him I'd give him a shout out. I forgot last week. I'm on my game this week. And so thank you to Peyton Renning. If you're looking for some, for some bucktail lures, go check out, uh, laser bucktails on Etsy. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, this week, Raider Nation, we had the pleasure to chat with Nick Farbaugh. He is a he writes for Steelers Depot. Uh, he also does Dynasty Football Factory. Big into the draft. Uh, he is, I'm, and I'm not even saying it, man. There's no Steelers Nation. Raider Nation nope. knows that. He's from Steeler Country. That sounds about right. Steeler Country. Um, and uh, we are dipping in a little bit to air enemy territory, but we appreciated him coming on, getting his insights and his what what he looks at looking at these players in the draft this year for 2019. So without further ado, let's get to that interview with Nick Farbaugh from Steelers Country. Boom, let's do it. Okay, Raider Nation, we are changing it up a little bit today. This is Tyler with the introduction. Usually you're listening to Micah at this point, but I am here to introduce Nick Farabaugh from the Dynasty Football Factory, also a film and draft analyst with at Steeler with the Steelers Depot. You can find them on Twitter at Steelers Depot. Nick, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it. I'm doing great, man. Thanks. And thanks for having me on here. I'm really excited. We're excited too, man. We got we got a lot of questions for you about the recent dra- uh, the draft combine, upcoming draft. I I don't know if you're aware or not, but the Raiders have three first round draft picks this year that we're hoping. Well, maybe allegedly one of those may be gone. Yeah, uh, we haven't hit free agency yet. Right, and uh, and A B may may take one of those first round picks. Although I may uh, hit myself in the head. Uh, with a baseball bat, should that happen? Anyway, Nick, why don't you uh, give us a little background about yourself, uh, wh- what you do, how you got into all this analysis and uh, stuff like that, and then we'll start hitting you with with some of the uh, deep, uh, perhaps franchise-changing questions that we have for you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I really got into writing just last April. So I've been doing this pretty recently. So it's not something nice. big. I was over behind the steel curtain for about a year, and then I just recently moved over to Steelers Depot. Um, I was an offensive guard in high school, so there's that. I'm a big boy out front, so <laughs> up in nice. the line where I lived. Um, and, man, I'm looking for coaching opportunities and all of that now. So There you go, That's Raider awesome. Nation. There you go. There's your chance. He's getting out on the podcast to to spread his name out there. So anyway, and and so you do you got into draft stuff. How? Listen, man, it's it's not that complicated, honestly. I kind of got into draft stuff because, you know, you see other guys doing it. You see right. guys like Mike Mayock and uh, all the guys over the draft network that were formerly at NDT Scouting. Um, those guys are kind of my inspiration to getting into this. So I said, why can't I do it myself? And that's how I really got into it. You know, that's awesome. And I appreciate the honesty too, because I feel like nowadays, you know, with with the kind of ease, easy access to social media and to getting in all this stuff, you have a lot of kind of so-called beat writers that like almost, I feel like they make it out to be more than it actually is. It's like, look, you can educate yourself. You can learn from other people and get in onto this kind of thing. And that's what you've done. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you've started from the ground up and you've educated yourself and you, you know, you've immersed yourself into, you know, into football and into learning and studying, not only through playing it, but then also, you know, just into, you know, like you said, just becoming a student of the game. So I feel like nowadays with the competition amongst a lot of beat writers, there's, there are a lot of people out there that like make it into this, like, you've got to be some football wizard to understand what I'm looking at here. And, and I don't, I, I definitely believe there's more to it than the naked eye can maybe, you know, than maybe the casual fan understands. But if you just sit down and you do a little study and you do a little, you know, like just, just, just put yourself into it like what you've done, man, you can, you can, I mean, you can roll right in there with a lot of people. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not comparing Nick to Mayock. I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing anything like that, but I'm saying that, you know, you've put it, you've been grinding, you've been putting in the time and, and being able to do this kind of a thing. That's awesome. You're, you're self-made. That's the word I'm looking for. Self-made. And that's fantastic. Even though you are a Steeler fan, we won't hold that against you for this podcast, but uh, that's fantastic. Where, where can Raider Nation or Steeler, because there is no Steeler Nation here at Raider Nation. I'm sorry about that, Nate. But uh, where, where can Steelers fans and Raiders fans alike find you, man? So they can find me over at Steelers Depot or on Twitter at Faribault FB. Uh, I put all my content on Twitter and then I'll obviously write some articles every week. And that's where you guys can find me at. Awesome. And he's a great follow. Uh, I was just telling him off air, like I've really learned a lot of, you know, things to look at, especially uh, with heavy, heavy, what is it? Heavy waisted leg benders or something like that, that Mayock uses that term. Uh, but anyway, Nick, I know Micah has a few questions for you about free agency. Why don't we hit on those and then get into the draft? So, Micah, why don't you take it over and, and hit him with those important free agency questions? Awesome. You know, the biggest thing, obviously, right now, Nick, is, I mean, we're kind, we're on the eve of free agency hitting what we're like exactly a week away, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and obviously, the big thing where we're sitting here, it's Wednesday evening. Um, Antonio Brown. Everybody's saying by Friday we're going to know where AB is going. And for whatever reason, today on Wednesday, there has just been all of a sudden just this massive buzz that it's like 
it's almost a done deal. And when I say massive buzz, I mean through social media, that Antonio Brown's going to Oakland. Have you heard anything about that? Can, can you give us any insight on that? What, what's your take on that? Um, from everything that has been going around the league and around league circles that I've heard, uh, Oakland's absolutely the number one option. Um, Gruden and Mayock really, really want him. But here's the new perception that we get from the Steelers. It's that Colbert's not going to give in if he doesn't get his first tag. And he's not going to trade AB if he doesn't really want to. So it's completely plausible that I could see AB somehow sticking around with the Steelers, even to their detriment. But I think they're going to get that first from Oakland. Although there is a new recent development that Odell Beckham perhaps is in the market, which means the Raiders might be holding out a little bit to see if they can snag him. Right. And that's that was one thing that's funny because like all morning it's kind of crazy. Like we saw AB to Oakland, AB to Oakland. And then literally like late afternoon, all of a sudden this rumor mill hits that you know, Oakland's among three teams that are like heavily in the mix for uh um, for Odell Beckham. So all morning it's been AB and now in the afternoon it's Odell Beckham. So, so you guys, so do you think you could see potentially like another Le'Veon Bell situation happening with AB in, 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 uh, in Pittsburgh for 2019? If he stays? Yeah, sure. Um, oh man, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to show up and that's probably why they're going to end up dealing him anyways. Right. Uh, so Maybe he does give in eventually, but as of now, he's not giving any team any indication that he's going to give in on that price tag at all. Wow. Now, Nick, talking about price tag, do you know any specifics of his price tag? Like, what what does his contract look like? I know there's like some guaranteed money this year and next year that people are like freaking out about and the Steelers are on the hook for some of it and not some of it. Do you have any info into that contract at all? Yeah, so the Steelers um, post March seventeenth are going to have to pay Antonio Brown two point five million dollars, and they are going to have to, and then that means the cap hit when they trade him is going to increase by twenty three million. They're trying to Oof. trade Antonio Brown before the March seventeenth deadline, so they have that dead cap on their cap because they obviously want to go out make some signings this free agency period because Ben Roethlisberger right. doesn't have much longer. So if they trade Antonio Brown, they're on the they're on the hit for about 21 dead cap a year, but that increases to about 23 and a half million if they trade him post March 17th. So the Steelers are on the cap hit for a ton of money here. No matter Jeez. what they do. So it's 21 million no matter what. Yeah. It's and, it goes, and it goes up to 23 million if they trade him post March 17th. Yeah, the cap details are pretty bad when you look at the Antonio Brown trade. Yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> I, here's here's our big thing behind the eye patch, and it's been kind of a general consensus. We're like, uh, we're we're psyched. We have three first round picks. I think last I checked, I think we had a total of seventy four million in cap. Uh, and I, I would just hate to give up a first round pick for Antonio Brown. I I think he's a stud receiver. I I think uh, there's the potential for something special there with Carr. But man, I just see, there seems to be a lot of drama surrounding him. But that's just from my perspective as an outsider. What's your take on that? Is AB a problem, or is that just something that's been in a rumor mill that is like, no, this this you know, from your perspective, he's not that big of a deal. 
Well, I think Antonio Brown's absolutely an issue. He's a drama queen that continues to pervade the locker room and has been a source of drama for the Steelers over the years. This isn't like the first time he's given headaches to the Steelers. Right. Walkers consistently throughout his career. I mean, you heard Ryan Clark a few months back said that said, when you give this guy money, he's going to become a monster. And that's exactly what he did. Now, I don't think he's the sole problem in the Steelers locker room. I think Ben Roethlisberger definitely holds some of the blame. I don't think he's a very good leader. I think Mike Tomlin holds a lot of the blame because he's certainly not a good controller of that locker room. Um, But I absolutely think Antonio Brown holds the brunt of the blame here. Yikes. See, now I don't want to hear that because the the fan in me loves the idea of of a splashy name like Antonio Brown joining the Silver and Black. But it sounds like to me there's a lot of baggage with this signing. And I'm going... I think, Tyler, what was it last time we talked? We are like, if we can give him a fourth-round pick for A.B., I don't yeah. mind moving on that. But this is something that Absolutely, I yeah. just – this is this is becoming like a nightmare. And I, But you know what's going to happen? Friday's going to come around and A.B.'s going to Tampa Bay. You know, we're going to be like, what? You know, didn't see that coming. You know, or, yeah, it's going to be something random that everybody's going to be like, what in the world? So – but I'm afraid a little bit as a Raider fan that that uh, that AB is going to be in the silver and black. And I don't know. I, like you said, there's a there's a real risk reward there because it could be a baller signing. Uh, you know, we could enjoy Antonio Brown for three or four years or whatever, and 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 he's just an absolute stud for Oakland, and we win championships and blah blah blah. And, and I certainly think there's a potent there's a there's a really high ceiling with somebody like AB, but there's a really low floor. That that if if we we've already sunk quite low as as Raiders, <laughs> I'm afraid we could sink a little lower with a guy like this on our team if things don't go well. So that's you interesting. Know what, you know what name comes to mind when you say a player that uh, you know maybe we we go even lower on the name that comes to mind is Randy Moss. Now back in the early days of early 2000s the raiders traded for randy moss he played one year and quit basically like and i don't want that like that's right. that's the biggest thing for me is like we've had enough of that and and i i don't want any more of it so that's the biggest that's the biggest thing you know he could ball out for us that's great maybe he changes his attitude but it i don't want another randy moss situation either well let's let's Antonio Brown's already quit on his team before. He walked right. around seventeen, so it's not like that's going to be something that he's not going to do again. Rumor right. is that that he's been doing this not maybe because he's disgruntled with the Steelers or Big Ben or Tomlin, but he simply wants a new contract. And apparently, his agent Drew Rosenhaus has promised him a new contract to the team that he goes to. So you're not just giving up draft capital for him; you're going to have to pay this guy more money, which is already near in the twenty millions. So this is going to be a really tough deal i think for the steelers to get off but i mean gruden obviously gave up the third for martavis bryant last year so we'll see right right and how are you guys enjoying that off. third pick did that pan out for you guys well we got mason rudolph from it, so well, oh, okay great um, you know mason rudolph's gonna ball out and you know steelers they'll win championships and we'll be like that could have been our guy you know that, that could have been you know <laughs> that seems when you look down the line of who we've drafted and who we could have drafted like uh uh, Megatron, etc. I mean, I, I that's the first name that jumps off the page. It's it's been pretty rough the Raiders' uh, recent history in the draft room. But speaking before we get to the draft, another name that's been coming up a lot for Oakland is uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell. 
and everybody say, oh, they're going to get A.B., they're going to get Le'Veon Bell, it's going to be a duo. I don't see that happening, obviously. I think that's a real long shot. But where do you see Bell landing? Have you heard anything in the rumor mill about that? Well, Le'Veon Bell is going to have a pretty strong market, I think. I don't know if he's going to get paid what he wants to get paid, but I know the Jets are definitely in there. He's been talking to Jamal Adams a ton on Twitter. You guys can check that out all day. Okay. I think that the Jets front office is going to try and sign a guy like Tevin Coleman before they try to go at their bell. Um, but I think that's a possibility. Oakland's another strong possibility. Gruden really right. liked the idea of, of pairing Le'Veon Bell with a guy like, like Carr. Right. Um, and honestly, if his true dream is Kyler Murray, um, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, like some guys are saying now, then... Maybe maybe they go after Le'Veon Bell. Um, Tampa Bay is a possibility for Le'Veon Bell, too. I know that. Hmm. Uh, I think the Colts are out of it. I don't think Ballard's going to go after something like that. And that surprises me because, I, for me, I thought the Colts would be the, – the Colts are that team, I feel like, one more offensive weapon like a Bell. And I feel like the Colts would all of a sudden be a real team to reckon with. But So that surprises me a little bit, especially with the, the money they have to spend that they wouldn't go after a guy like Bell for Andrew Luck. I mean, can you imagine that? Andrew Luck with Le'Veon Bell. I, to me, that just seems like a monster duo right there. But I guess not. I, I, I saw, too, today that Kansas City was in the run, apparently, for Le'Veon Bell. True or false on that? Have you heard anything about that? Um, The main rumor founded in that is that Chris Jones has been really hyping it up. But I haven't heard okay. any concern from anyone that he's going to actually go to Kansas City as, okay. as of now. But uh, I, the reason I don't think he's going to go to Indy is because Ballard continues to, to really pound the character drum. He's really a big character guy. And they're fine with Marlon Mack at what he's at because Marlon Mack's been producing. They right. like Hines. And they're going to probably go out and spend money on Tyrell Williams. So okay. uh, uh, I think they're, think they're thinking that they need another receiver more than they need, say, another running back. Okay. Yeah, and that makes sense because, yeah, Mack – that dude, that dude's starting to come on. I was watching some of his play this past season, and uh, they've got a uh, – what is he – is he in his second year? Second or yeah. third? Yeah, second, uh, year. second year. But that, that dude's starting to become a stud. I'm excited for the Colts for that. So, um, uh, Tyler, before we move in a little bit, uh, do, you, do you have any more of the free agency? Or do you want to jump right into the draft? you got any more questions? No, man. Nick? I'm excited for the draft, and that's why I've got Nick on here is because I wanted to talk the draft. So I, I'm ready to move on to the draft if, if y'all are. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Nick, I'm going to start this off. First question, you are the Steelers. What pick do you guys have again? Where, where do you guys sit currently? Pick at 20. Pick 20. All right, you're, you are GM, Pittsburgh Steelers. Realistically, pick number 20, who do you take? Uh, Byron Murphy. Every time. Wow. I like Byron Murphy. We need corner help badly. Byron Murphy's an instinctive cornerback. He's got ball skills. He might only be 5'10", but we we need not we don't need another Artie Burns, is what I'm going to say. We don't need, <laughs> we don't need Cody Sensabaugh starting across from Joe Hayden. So um, he'd give us what we need in the secondary. He'd bring that stability and, my goodness, what we ever needed. Right. Yes. And and a good person to learn under uh, Mr. Joe Hayden as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Joe Hayden's been probably the savior of our defense, honestly. We signed him from Cleveland. He's been a top-ten corner, really, since he's come on. 
that's been a, that's that's been weird too to see a Steelers team that has struggled on defense. I mean that that's that'd be like talking to like the Patriots aren't good at offense. You know, it's just been kind of weird this past season to watch them break down. It's like you you're always, you know steel curtain. You you always usually know the Steelers for that you know that gnarly defense, and it's just been weird to see teams gashing them. Uh, so that's I, I like that pick. Now I'm gonna put you uh, in an uncomfortable situation. You're Oakland's GM. You're sitting at four. Who do you take realistically at the four pick? If he's there, the answer is always Quinn and Williams to me. I like it. I like it. And why is that? He's the best player in the draft. I take him over Nick Bosa. Oh, boy. There you go, Raider Nation. Best player in the draft. That's interesting you bring that up because I feel like recently a lot of people are starting to kind of jump off the Nick Bosa train. Uh, I know I am. We talked about this in the last draft. You're talking about a player that took a whole year off, and he's supposed to now just become, be, from you know seasons past, the best player in the draft. I, I, that, to me, personally, like like you said, guys like Quinton Williams, I even like Josh Allen, defensive end from Kentucky. I, that dude, that dude's all over the place. I, I, to me, personally, I would rather take one of those two guys, I think, over Bosa. Now, maybe that's a little bold. But uh, uh, so Williams, in your opinion, is the best player in, in the 2019 NFL draft. Yeah, and with how the NFL is going towards interior interior defensive pass rush, because you already know what, what happened with Aaron Donald in, in uh, Los Angeles, obviously. Yep. Quinn Williams is, is a game wrecker, man. He's, he's one of the best prospects I've seen since Aaron Donald came out. Um, he projects as like a Geno Atkins, Gerald McCoy hybrid almost. Uh, he's just got some of the best hands in the draft. I mean, he's got so many pass rush moves. It's ridiculous. He takes over games. I mean, he took over the LSU game. If you go watch that game, he's in the backfield every play. It's insanity to watch this guy play. And um, to your Josh Allen point, I'll tell you who I actually would put a sleeper tag on. Okay. It, um, Brian Burns from... Florida State. Yes. Ooh. I, I, I'm not saying he's going at 40, you guys, but I'm saying there are some people that think he's the best. He's the best edge rusher in the draft. Period. Over Nick Bosa. Whoa, that's bold. I like he blew, it. He blew up the combine. He dealt with every every frame issue because he bulked up the 249 and still tested out of the house. He's got the best bend out of anyone that I've seen in a long time. He's got pass rush moves for days. He's a pretty good run defender, and he can move well in space. This guy's about as good as an edge rusher as you're going to find. Wow, Raider Nation, there you go. Keep an eye on him. Now, let me ask you. We have a 24th pick in the draft. Any chance you think he's there at 24? No. I no. think his floor is eight. I think he goes to the Lions if he – I think he's going to become a Lion. Overall, I think that's where he'll go, but I think his ceiling could potentially be to San Francisco if they really wow. want to. Wow. So you're talking a potential real sleeper that somebody that, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty amazing because that's a guy I haven't heard move up like that. But according to what you're saying, he he's kind of earned that tag then. Oh, he's more than earned it. I mean, just from my evaluations, he's my fourth best player in the draft. So, wow. And Jeez. I think... I think the NFL starting to hop on that train now, too, after the Combine really answered their questions. It was never an issue about the tape. It was always about, what's this guy's frame? Is he going to be able to play edge at the next level? Now that they can see he can play it at a pretty good weight, you can watch out for him going pretty high. 
Wow. So, that's cool. so would it be like uh, premium content? Would we have to pay you to know what your top 10 players in the upcoming draft are? <laughs> No, nah, you wouldn't. I can tell you if you want me to. Uh, dude, I want to know. Fabulous. Yeah, I yeah. want to know right now. I think the nation wants to know as well. Because right. you've already, you've kind of blown my socks off here a little bit with, uh, uh, I told you. With Burns moving up that high. I, I'm yeah. really interested to hear this. So I'm going to shut up and you go for it. Yeah, my number one player in the draft is Quentin Williams, as I said. Um, he's just. He's just a game rusher. Second is going to be Nick Bosa. I'm still on the Nick Bosa train. I don't think. People are – we have a thing in the draft community where we say that people have been on a prospect for so long that they start to underrate him. Mm. And I think that's what's happening to Nick Bosa. I think he's going to be just about as good as Joey Bosa is, and he's going to be an absolute stud. So I think he's gone by pick two if the if the Cardinals, for some reason, do actually select Carl, Kyler Murray. Um, he's Please going to do. Um, otherwise, I think he just goes number one, um, and perfectly okay. so. Um, my third best player, uh, I, I don't know why people are starting to question this guy. I think Ed Oliver is an absolute stud. Um, that's another pick I might look at it for. I think Ed Oliver is similar to Quentin Williams. Um, he's more athletic than Quentin Williams. I don't think he's as polished as a pass rusher as Quentin Williams is, but he's got the same type of big play impact that Quentin Williams does. Um, Brian Burns is my fourth best player. Um, as I've said, best bender in the entire draft i don't i don't care what you say about this guy's tape he's got some of the best pass rushing skills in the draft um five is going to be a bit bold that i don't think people are going to see coming but uh, i Byron murphy way up there oh wow yeah he's a true number one corner uh, i think he's going to grow into one uh he's got everything i want in a corner but the size but his press man skills looked pretty good uh, honestly on tape even for that. And he filled out his frame, too. He's up to 190 now. So he's going to be really, really good at the next level. Uh, six is Jonah Williams, uh, the tackle from okay. from Alabama, obviously. Um, some people are having Jawan Taylor over him. Uh, I don't see it. Um, Williams has the best feet out of any any offensive tackle prospect in the draft, and he has pretty dang good hands, too. So anyone's in the market for a tackle, I think he should be the first one off the board, although I think Jawan Taylor is going to go off the board first. Um, at seven, I am going to have DK Metcalf. Of course, that's that's been a riser as of late for many people. Um, they're thinking that he might go, you know, top ten, top five. Uh, I don't think he's going to go top five. Like, I don't think for some reason the Raiders are going to reach on DK Metcalf at four. It wouldn't um, surprise me. It wouldn't <laughs> surprise me, but I don't think they will. Um, I think they've got bigger needs to look at, and I think they've got bigger things to do. Um, at eight, I have TJ Hawkinson, um, at Iowa tight end. Now that, now that's a possibility at like 24. If you want to look at a guy that can fall down the board, uh, TJ Hawkinson can drop down the board a little bit simply because there's Noah Fant who had one of the best combines ever for a tight end. And he might go first, honestly. And for the fact that there's just so much defensive talent in this draft that people are going to be really going for all that defensive talent. So he's at eight. At nine, I have Cody Ford from Oklahoma, the OT. Um, again, there's people are having Jawan Taylor over him. I just don't see, I don't see the tenacity from Taylor that I see in Cody Ford, and I don't see the polished ceiling that I think he has. And then, and then at ten, um, this one's gonna ruffle some feathers, I think. 
But I have, honestly, after his day of testing and after everything he really did at the Combine, I'm going to have two tight ends in my top 10, so I have no offense all the way up to 10. Um, so this is a, obviously an absurd tight end class, and the Raiders might need one with their right. obviously. So round one, you guys have three tight ends that you could look at. You have Noah Fant, obviously. He's probably going to be the first tight end off the board. Uh, I think his ceiling is obviously to Detroit at eight, but does he go there? Probably not. Uh, you could look at 12 to the Packers as another possibility, but guys like TJ Hawk, I think, could slip down the board. And the real likely one for you guys, is, if you keep the 27th pick, is Irv Smith from Alabama. Um, he's going to be... I, I compared him to O.J. Howard. I see a lot of O.J. Howard in him. Uh, he's, wow. He's grown, out of, he's grown as a blocker so much within a year that, you know, as a draft analyst, you look from year one to year two. What, what leaps did this guy take? And wh- I think one of the guys that took some of the most leaps in this year's draft is Irv Smith. So he's a guy that you can look at and say, hey, we can – Grow him even more, and he can turn into like a really top five tight end. That's cool. Nice. Wow, dude, that's ten. I like it. Dang it, I'm writing all this down, man. You got some. Uh, I like I like the uh, the Jonah Williams tackle from Bama because that's been a pick to me. Uh, with kind of all the upheaval for Oakland at the tackle position, I don't think we'll get rid of Osemele. Um, uh, that was one of those picks. I was just like, dang, if something like that happened, uh, I wouldn't mind. If somebody wanted to move up at that four spot that Oakland had, trading back, maybe picking up another pick or picking up a guy, you know, around eight or nine or something like that. A guy like Jonah Williams, a big tackle that I think could step right in and make a difference. But it looks like, at least right now anyway, we're going to keep Osemele, which I'm okay with. So um, now let me ask you this. Who is the most overrated quarterback in this year's draft? <laughs> overrated quarterback? Uh, Daniel Jones by a pretty wide margin actually. really um, he had a horrible combine yeah he looked bad at the combine i thought um his footwork looked off kilter he looked out of rhythm to me um he's a guy that you're gonna have to structure around a quick passing game and that's all he's gonna be able to do he, he might be able to hit you with a deep shot every now and then but the arm strength isn't fantastic the processing isn't great he makes some really boneheaded decisions he can't Reed disguises very well, so he'll get he'll get baited by an over the top safety, throw some really bad interceptions. Um, his his accuracy to the boundary is really really pretty bad. Um, so I mean he's got a lot to do and he's got a lot to grow. I don't think he's he could be a low end starter at his height, think okay. like Ryan Tannehill, um, or he could be like a Blaine Gabbard almost as a backup. Uh, I don't think he's got much of a top franchise QB future. So on the flip side of that coin, who's the most underrated quarterback in this year's draft? Jordan Tomu. Who was that? I'm sorry. Jordan Tomu, quarterback from Ole Miss. Oh, I like it. Yeah, uh, he's, I, I really hated that Ole Miss offense the whole year. Honestly, uh, it made guys like DK Metcalf and the Marcus Lodge only work on a vertical plane. Well, A.J. Brown ran like a tight end route tree, and they didn't use Dawson Knox almost at all. So there's not much that Jordan Tomlin can do in terms of processing. It's a, it's kind of a handcuff on him. So uh-huh. it, it absolutely changes how you evaluate a guy like Jordan Tomu. Um, you, you see arm strength. You see mobility. You see a lot of 
ability to extend the play. He's got pretty decent pocket presence, which is something you really can't teach. Um, he's got all the tools to be to be a good quarterback. Uh, if you want to look at a comp for him, uh, Jacoby Brissett's a decent comp. Okay. Um, as a day three guy, see, think fourth round. Uh, he's absolutely worth taking a chance on. I like it. I like it. Now you're the GM, and you have to pick a franchise quarterback in this draft. Is it Haskins? Is it Murray? Someone else, and I want to know why. Okay, so Dwayne Haskins is my QB1. Oh, wow. I think he's Jared Goff-like, but I'm not going to pick him for my franchise quarterback. I'd much rather take the chance on a guy like Kyler Murray. Okay. And, and for the real reason why, I know his size is a detriment. I know his everything about him seems to be a detriment right now. But this guy has maybe Mike Vick-level ceiling. I mean, honestly, he's a game-changer. It, he, if he runs at his pro day, he's going to run in the four threes. Like, who, what quarterback runs in the four threes? Right, right. Um, so, I mean, he's got the best arm in the draft, period. He's, his arm is probably better than Drew Locke's, which is saying a lot. Wow, yeah, that um, is saying a lot. He's got, he's got some underrated passing um, accuracy. I don't think ball placement is as good as you want it to be. Uh, he's got some anticipation issues, for sure. It's not like... He's just a small quarterback, and that's his only flaw. Right. He's got in his game, but his upside is tremendous. He's got top 10 QB in the NFL upside if he pans out. And honestly, if you're, if you're a team like, say, the Dolphins, I don't see why you wouldn't take a chance on a guy like Kyler Murray and ship out Ryan Tannehill or even the Bengals. Why stick with Andy Dalton when you can have a guy with the upside of Kyler Murray? Right. Right. I like it. I like it. So, so Nick, I think, I don't know. We none of us can predict the future. That's that's obvious. I, I can. I, I know. So, would you predict the future for me, Mike, and tell me we? Uh, I don't. I don't want Kyler Murray, and I. I don't know. I probably sound prejudiced against that, but I just I'd like to stick with Carr for another year. See what he does in this new system. I've seen where, you know, the Josh Rosen trade to perhaps Washington and Cardinals taking uh, Kyler Murray. Um, You may or may not know, Nick, the Raiders have had a hole at uh, the linebacker position for many a eon. Uh, We're we're probably going on, I don't know what, Micah, 10, 15, 20 years, maybe. It's not like 50. Yeah. We can't cover a tight end to save our butts. And so my question to you, you're sitting at that number four spot. The Raiders are. Should we keep that? Because I'm seeing all these mock experts saying the Raiders are trading up to number one to take Kyler Murray, which I oh, please now please drill no. my I'll probably hit myself in the head with a hammer like that's I would hate that move. So you're sitting there at number four. And let's say, you know, you've got, uh, I know Quinn and Williams is your, is your player number one. Let's say he's gone. Let's say Josh. Well, the problem is, is, is that that leaves us like one of three players. You probably got Quinn and Williams. You've got Josh Allen and you've got Boza that are probably sitting there. My question is, what about Devin White from LSU? The linebacker who would maybe fill a need for a, a covering linebacker for the Raiders. What are your thoughts on Devin White? Oh, man, Devin White's been one of my tough evaluations of the year. 
First off, he's not my linebacker one. I'm going to say that. I think Devin Bush is better than him. Okay. Uh, similar to Kyler Murray, obviously, Devin White has the highest upside of any linebacker in the class. He's got top three linebacker upside. So that's why he's going to go top 15 probably. Would I take him at four? No. I don't think he's worth that draft capital. Agreed. Now, if you trade back with a team maybe into the early teens, say 10, maybe the Broncos come up to get Drew Locke or something like that. Uh, sure, you can take Devin White there. I'm okay with that because he's got so much upside. Um, but you guys need a linebacker that can instinctively process the players. Uh, that's not Devin White right now. I'm certain you remember, you remember Jared Davis from Detroit. It's been okay at best. He never might have a Jared Davis in the game because he doesn't read keys. And when you see route steps such as stuff out like out of like a bunch formation, it's really hard for Devin White to really simply process that. So even if you want to get into the first semester, sometimes you can't do it because it doesn't process things well. Right. So a lot of issues with uh, the Devin White at four projection. I'm not, I'm not exactly elated about that idea. I'd wait for 24 and try to get Devin Bush instead. Okay. You, go ahead, Tyler. My bad. No, go ahead. I was going to say, do you think White goes over Bush anyway? Just because it seems like there's a lot of hype surrounding White. Oh yeah, Devin White's going before Devin Bush. It's not even a question. Devin White. I think Devin White's floor is at 11. If, the, if no one scoops him up before the Bengals, the Bengals are scooping him up. Okay, okay. I like that. And I, I agree, at yeah. four, I think, I mean, I like White, uh, but I think there's a guy like Bush that would potentially be there at a, at a 24th pick, perhaps, or if Oakland trades back from that four spot. But uh, I think, I mean, four is way too, that's too big of a reach for a guy like White. As much as I like him, and as much as Oakland needs that position filled like crazy. I am not. Uh, uh, I'm not a huge fan of that. So Tyler, man, you go for it. What do you got next? Uh, the next, I guess, the next person that I'm interested in is is another linebacker that did. He comes from a very small school. I I live in New Mexico, so I've heard about him a little bit. Uh, I think it's Terrell Hanks or Terrell Hanks. Uh, he's a linebacker from New Mexico State University. Did really well at the Senior Bowl. I know he's got a late round draft pick. Where do you think he goes? And what? And uh, I guess have you? What are your thoughts on him? I'll just leave it at that. Well, I think Hanks is going to go day three, depending on his pro day testing. He pulled a hamstring at the combine, so we didn't get to see his true speed. Um, okay. So I think he runs in the four fives, maybe even low four fours. Um, it depends on really the conditioning and technique that he uses. Uh, he had a great senior bowl week when when I was down in Mobile. He was maybe the best linebacker there. Period. Um, I think he's got a lot of issues still. Uh, I think he's if you want a developmental guy on day three, he's a really good really good uh, pick because he's he's blazing fast. He plays aggressively. He's a pretty good processor for where he's at, and he's. And the biggest thing is he's a modern NFL linebacker. He's an elite coverage linebacker. So he's a former right. safety. Um, but the issues with him are, you know, he doesn't understand angles. He's 
he doesn't wrap up well at all. He misses so many tackles. It's it's okay. pretty ridiculous. Hey, um, that sounds like an Oakland Raider linebacker, man. We'll take him round two. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah, we have honestly, a second round pick. <laughs> right. Yeah, so honestly, he's got he's got a long way to go. He's really raw, but his upside is pretty high. So I mean, if you want to take a guy maybe if you double dip at linebacker, that's a thing. There you go. I yeah, like so, that. So yeah, if you double dip down on it and you maybe go out and sign a linebacker, say maybe a Jordan Hicks, a KJ Wright type guy, uh-huh. maybe, maybe draft like a Mac Wilson or Devin Bush and then double down with Terrell Hanks, I think you got an idea there. But just drafting Terrell Hanks as a linebacker to fill the need, I don't see it. I okay. like it. I, and I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think he would be somebody that would fill a need immediately. I. I know he's quick. I know he's fast. Um, and from the, the, limited, the limited highlights that I have seen of him, um, I was thinking more of like a, a special teamer maybe going into uh, you know, a developmental guide like you had said. Another guy that I don't think towards the beginning of the year was, was kind of gaining some steam, at least out here in the West, and that's Carl Granderson, the defensive edge guy out of – uh, the University of Wyoming. Um, I know Burks Birch, our, our friend, would hop in here and say, go Pokes. Uh, but uh, Carl Granderson, out of Wyoming, what do you see out of his tape? Uh, I'm not a big fan of Carl Granderson's tape at all. Um, he's, he's definitely a 4-3 defensive end. Uh, so I'm not sure of his fit. Um, he also is not very flexible, so he's not going to bend around the edge. So he's going to have to beat guys with either power or his hands. The issue is he's not overly strong. His hands aren't overly good. He plays too high with his pad level. And at best, I think he's just a run support guy. So I think at best you're getting a depth guy that can do maybe some special teams things, but he doesn't move well in space either. So I don't know what he's going to do at the next level. I'm just not seeing any hype really with Carl Granderson. I think you guys are better going for a guy like maybe LJ Collier or maybe Ben Bangu, who actually had a really good combine and showed he could move really well in space. So if you want an edge depth guy, there's those potential options. Or if you want maybe a pass rusher that can come in a few times a game and really actually get some production, uh, I would put, pay attention to this name. Nevada's Malik Reed. He's one of the most slept-on edge prospects in the draft. Uh, he's going to really, I think, go day three, but he's got some of the best bend in the draft period. He's a speed rusher, so he's more so of a edge rusher than a run court guy, but he's going to give you production regardless. I like That's it. Good to know. Because oh. I don't know if you know, Nick, but we traded Khalil Mack last year, and so we're kind of... <laughs> We're kind of looking for some help at that uh, edge rusher position. And the thing is, is if we do take Quinn and Williams, if he's there at four and, and that type of luck befalls us, uh, I'm wondering where in the draft then we kind of address that edge rusher because a lot of the edge rushers got franchise tag. You got Frank Clark, you got Jadadian Clowney. A bunch of those guys got franchise tagged, Demarcus Lawrence. Um and so there's not really anybody out there to sign. So if you grab Quinn and Williams in the first, uh, I guess maybe Brian, it doesn't sound like Brian Burns is going to fall down later. 
I, I guess it kind of depends on who's there. That's nice to know that there are some other edge rushers. Who are some guys that you maybe would be looking at um, by day two? I mean, like round two and then maybe even into round three. Are there any guys that stand out to you that may fall that down that or maybe climb up into those rounds? Yeah, uh, Alabama's uh, Christian Miller. That's a big name that I think is going to rise up. He didn't test because he was hurt at the combine, but he's going to be at the, he's going to test as pro day. He's going to test really, really well. Um, he's super polished, so you got to start it right away with him. He's gonna he's gonna bend bend well. He's gonna use his hands well. He's gonna play with good pad level. He's gonna he's gonna be. I think the biggest thing for him is he's not just gonna be a player that's just going to give you sacks. He's going to be able to play off ball if you want him to. He's going to be able to drop back into coverage. He's going to be able to be a special teamer. Uh, so he's a big he's a big guy for me. Uh, and if you want to take a chance on this guy, I mean, it's possible. The Sky Polite is an I is just an idea. Obviously, he didn't interview well at the combine. Uh, he didn't he, test he, well either. Yeah, he didn't test well. But on tape, man, he's got he's got top twenty round one tape. So th- this is a guy that has a ton of talent. The question is. Does his does his work ethic build up to that yeah. tape, and is it just a deceptive thing? Will he be a bust? So I mean, you could potentially get a steal at like twenty seven if you get a guy like Jakai Polite. I like it. Here's a guy I really like, and you touched on DJ Metcalf. I think obviously his stock is going through the roof. He, he'll probably be like a ridiculous like top ten pick or something like that. I want to know, though, Nikhil Harry. I've had my eye on this guy, and I think this would be a guy at 24, 27. I think he would still be there. Do you do you think he's there? And what do you see when you see Nikhil Harry? Well, first off, I think Nikhil Harry is absolutely there at 24. Uh, 27, he should be there, although I could see the Colts making a pick with him. Um, but I think what you see with Nikhil Harry is you see a guy who's, who's very Des Bryant-like. Um, oh, I like it. He's not going to separate very well, but he's he's a very physical receiver. So he's going to win all those jump balls. He's going to give you that bailout receiver that you need. He can work from the slot. He can work outside. He can beat guys deep. He's got a vertical route tree. He's got a versatile route tree, too. So, I mean, he doesn't move. I don't think people – I think people are overselling his, uh, his stiffness. I think he's actually pretty fluid when moving laterally. So I don't think it's not. I don't think it's big of an. It's as big as an issue as people are making it out to be. I think Nikhil Harry is going to be a good player. I like Nikhil Harry, and what sold me on him was was that catch against UCL or USC. Sorry, uh, I don't know. I like Nikhil Harry. I've got a buddy that's at ASU. He went to all their games, and he's just like, dude, if you guys can grab him, he would be a monster in the silver and black. And allegedly, we need some wide receivers too. I mean, if you. <laughs> we traded Amari Cooper. I don't know if you heard about that one too, uh, but uh, there's there's quite a few holes on the roster. I love uh, to go back to your top ten list. I love T.J. Hawkinson. I always thought it was Hawkinson, uh, and uh, well, as I was watching the combine, I was I was reminded or or enlightened. Taught, I was enlightened. Thank you uh, that it was Hawkinson. Love the guy. He can. I think he's a great blocker. I think he is a great receiver. He tested very well. And I know that, you know, testing is not everything, but it is something you got to, can you match the testing up to what the tape shows? Um, And I don't know that if he's there, you know, at 24, that would be a great 
pickup as well is 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 Hawkinson. I know one of Micah's favorite players in this draft is a running back out of Memphis, Daryl Henderson. Um, I know he's quick. I know he's got breakaway speed. What else have you seen, and when do you think he will go in the draft? Is he a day two guy, day three guy? What are your thoughts on on Daryl Henderson? Henderson's a day two guy all day. Uh, day two. He's going to be, I think, he's a top five running back in the class for sure. Uh, as you said, he's got that quickness to him. He's got that breakaway speed. But I think the underrated part of his game is the guy can catch the ball about as well yes. as any. Right, right. He's a three down running back. Uh, he's got, and with that quickness too, he has, he can, he has contact balance for days. So he's not easy to bring down. He's not just a speed back that goes down on first contact. He's a guy that's going to really grind out the yards. And honestly, he he's kind of reminiscent of a young Marshawn Lynch. Yes. Like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Micah has been. Uh, I've been beating the Daryl Henderson yes. drum for like two months now. So it's just nice to hear somebody else beating the same drum, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So with Daryl Henderson, I, I think you get a guy that starts from day one a guy that's going to be a top 10 running back at some point in this league and a guy that you're really going to pay dividends for once you draft him. So, I mean, late round two, I think his ceiling, I think his floor is round three. So I could totally see the Raiders say maybe round three, go and get a guy like Daryl Anderson. Awesome. And, And to go along, staying on that running back line, where do you think Benny Snell junior or senior or the third i can't remember which uh suffix he uses but where from kentucky where do you think he falls in the draft uh, i think he's gonna go he's gonna go between rounds four and six four and, and the six reason, the reason is he's a power back that can't catch very well okay he's not overly elusive so he's your he's your he's your theoretical thumper that's going to run you over get you those goal line carries he's he's a LeGarrette Blunt type running back. Uh, Leonard Fournette type running back. Think of those guys. Um, I don't think he's as dynamic as Leonard Fournette is. or I think he's about as powerful as LeGarrette Blunt is. I think that's his best comparison right now. So I think he's not an athletic guy, but he's going to be a power guy. But nowadays, power guys aren't going early. Um, So if you want that power guy in... In Benny Snell, you can get him at a pretty good bargain day three, I think. I like it. I like it. So I, one, quick, one more quick question. I want to wrap this up. This was a guy that kind of came on big during the senior bowl. And I just I haven't, I haven't seen much on him until, like I said, he, it seemed like he kind of burst onto the scene. Uh, the safety out of Del, Delaware, Adderley. Is he all that in a bag of chips? Is I've seen some people, some people telling us, you know, Oakland should take him with that 27th pick in the draft. Is that worth it, and is that a player that you like, and do you think is – that, is that a good spot for him? Yeah, he's worth it for sure. The issue is I don't think he makes it to 27 because I think the Eagles are going to take him. Okay. But uh, Adderley absolutely is worth the 27 pick. Uh, he's the best pure free safety in the draft. He's got ball skills, so he's going to create splash plays for you on defense. He's going to be, a, he's going to be an aggressive guy in the back of that defense. He's not afraid to lay a hit on guys. He's a good tackler. He can play in the box. He can play in the slot. Heck, he's even had reps outside at outside corner. Wow. That can move all over the field. 
This is a guy that's going to give you a lot of usage, and this is a guy that's going to be an impact player at the next level. So absolutely, the 27 pick is worth it for him every day of the week. And that leads me into, I guess, my last question, and then we'll get into a deep, philosophical, life-changing question. Um, My question is, what in the heck happened to Deontay Thompson? Because it seems like after... What game was it? The Clemson game? All of a sudden, like Deontay Thompson has has gone off the radar and not even as a first round pick graded out. Where is he and what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, he's one of those guys that's dropped because I think people will finally realize he's got more athletic limitations than they wanted to believe at the beginning of the year. I don't think he's as good as a processor as people think he is, but that doesn't mean he's not good. If he's there in the second round, a team should take him right away. He's definitely worth a second-round pick every day of the week. He's a top-50 player still. So don't don't think he's a bad player. He's, he's still got range. He's still got ball skills. He can still move around at strong, free, slot. You know, he's still that versatile guy. I just don't think he's as polished as people think. And maybe he doesn't have as high as a ceiling as people think. But he's still going to be a pretty productive safety. So, honestly, if you need one in the second round, Deontay Thompson's a pretty hang good value pick. So if you were to miss out on like an Adderley in the first round, or is it Adams? Ad- There's a safety Adams that kind of popped up onto the radar. Is that is am I is that right? You mean, you mean uh, Abram? Abram, yeah, that's it. That's the guy. Yeah. Uh, is, from is he from Florida State? No, he's from um he's from no. Mississippi State. Mississippi uh, State. I knew there was a state in there somewhere, <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah, there's a few safeties you can look at in the second round. Uh, Taylor Rapp from Washington's another guy. He's a strong, he's a strong money backer, slot hybrid. He's going to really come down, lay the boom. He can almost be a mini linebacker. So, I mean, honestly, if you're in need of linebacker help somewhere, and it's like sub packages, sure. Taylor Taylor Rapp's a good idea. Uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson's a really good one. He's my only safety with the round one grade right now. So I I don't know if he's gonna reach. You know, you guys, maybe at 24, 27, he's another idea because he's a versatile defensive back that brings you value. But the safety class isn't overly good, but it does have some value, guys, say at the top of round two. Okay. Well, that's good to know because we already have a thumper play in the box in Carl Joseph type uh, safety. We need somebody that uh, can cover and Obi Melafonwu, I don't know if you know this, but we cut him too. And, uh, and uh, he won a Super Bowl championship. So uh, Obi Melafonwu, the, uh, the second round pick out of UConn with a championship and the Patriots playing all of three downs. And yes, that is a jab to local Bay Area media. Um, so that is, those are the questions that I have. And now I believe that Micah is going to hit you, Nick, with this life-altering, deep, philosophical question that he has dreamed up. Are you ready? <laughs> Absolutely, I am. Awesome. All okay. right. Okay. Let's hear it, really, really quickly, before I get to, the, to this, because we'll end it on that, I want to know, what do you see for the Steelers for record in 2019? And honestly, you won't hurt anybody's feelings over here. What do you see for Oakland in 2019, realistically? Okay. For the Steelers, I think you're going to see a rebound. Okay. Uh, as harsh as that is, I think the locker room is going to be cleared up. I think Mike Tallman's going to be able to steer stuff back into into place a little bit, and I think they're going to go around 
11 and 5 because they do have a pretty easy schedule. So it, it's going to help them. I think they're probably going to win the AFC North and, you know, be right back where the Steelers usually are. Um, okay. Oakland, see, I'm not a Derek Carr fan. Okay. I don't think he's great, but I don't think he's bad. So, I mean, you can win with Derek Carr. I mean, you guys did it not too long ago, anyways. Right. So you can right. win with Derek Carr. There's just a lot of problems on the team overall. Um, but if you get AB, Bell, and you know, sign a few guys, get a good draft, you can go. I think Tops is eight and eight. Okay. Flores like four and twelve, three and thirteen again, which was <laughs> great. Um, right. But I think I think you put a good core around Derek Carr. You give him some weapons. You give him a decent defense. And you have John Gruden, who's a pretty decent coach, I think, still. Uh, and you can really look at a team that has maybe a year away from saying, hey, we're an actual, we're an actual threat in the AFC West and we can go somewhere. Yeah, that, that, I think that's a really fair assessment. I think, I, you know, I don't expect anything you know, a life altering out of Oakland for 2019. I think you're right on the money as far as an eight, eight type season. I think they are a six and 10 to eight and eight type team. And I think that has a lot obviously to do with who they pick up in free agency and how, I mean, you got three first round draft picks as of right now. I mean, you gotta, what is it? You've got four picks in the top 35 picks right now, 36 picks. I mean, you gotta nail at least three out of those four. Um, so that's going to obviously, and then, then those guys coming into the league, I mean, you're going to definitely should, I should say, you should see, uh, a pretty big, uh, you know, difference in what we've seen from Oakland last year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but it's going to, there's still rookies, man. It's going to take a season or two before, uh, you start seeing that pay off. So I like it. I like it. 11 and five for Pittsburgh. Eight and eight ceiling for Oakland. I think that's a fair assessment, Tyler. I I I think that's not too shabby. So I would take eight and eight all day I would. long yeah. and twice on Sundays. Yes. Yes, we would. That's sad. That's sad. But that's the state of Raider Nation so far. So again, Raider Nation, we appreciate Nick Farabaugh coming on here with us. Before we let you go, Nick. I've got this one question for you, and this this is a I, I, I like this. This is pretty good. Last week we asked what the the best M M&M and M out there was, and and uh, we got some pretty good response out of that. The correct answer to that is the pretzel M M&M. and M. I just want to reiterate that you've got the crunch, the salt, and then the chocolate. That that is just a combination. It's a match. It's like eating a baby angel is basically what that's like. Um, so are but we allowed you, to eat angels? Like, is I, that a good thing? I don't know. That's just a saying I picked oh, up. So. Okay. All right. The question I got for you, and Tyler, feel free to chime in. Absolutely. The worst TV series that they should have killed after they made the first movie. So I don't care what it is. You know, so I'm talking like, you know, something they made Pirates of the Caribbean, Jurassic Park. They made the first movie. Uh Star Wars. I don't you know, I don't I don't care. I I'm just naming a few off the top of my head. The first were like the first movie was fantastic. Maybe even the second movie was good. But then they kept dragging it out. You can maybe throw Lord of the Rings in there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kept dragging it out. And you were like, just just kill it. This is It's done. It's over. What what TV series would that be in your mind? TV series or movie or oh, sorry, either one? Let's go movie series. Let's go movie series. I, I think okay. they're plenty to pick up from that. Well, if it was TV series, I would say The Walking Dead. But Okay. okay. I like that. As long as you don't say The Office, I don't cut you off. So that <laughs> is, uh, I'm an office guy. Don't worry. Nice. You got me. It, is it wrong to say Caddyshack? 
I don't think so. I think Tyler. Who was bad, man? <laughs> I. Oh, you go next, and I'm gonna mull this over. Did no? I like the Caddyshack pick. That that was good, and I. And it can even be a duel if it's you know if it's just like two it's like a two part movie series. The one that obviously jumps out in my mind, and maybe it's just super cliche, but Pirates of the Caribbean. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the the ones that just continued to come out. And like the first one was good. No, no, you know what? You don't. No, no. I've got the perfect one. I got the perfect one. Jaws. The first Jaws was fantastic. Oh. Jaws was great. The first Jaws. You know, you could probably slide the second Jaws in there too. It's okay. I, I take it. But oh my gosh! What? How they did they make like what fifteen of those movies? It felt like it. <laughs> I no, know I think they made three. four. I think they made is four, there four? Three or five. It was bad. It was bad after the second. I mean, the second one was like okay, yeah, that was, that was still pretty good. But man, the third one was like oh, I mean, this like the shark. It was either the third or the fourth one. I don't even remember how many there are out now. But like the shark is like following them around the globe. Uh, it, it was it, it was like, are you kidding me? And the, and the graphics were terrible. Like in the first Jaws, they did a good enough job of where you like you saw bits and pieces of the shark because the graphics weren't that good back in the day. But it was enough for like the scare factor and like you saw you know the shark, the fin out of the water, the side of it, maybe just the head coming out of the water. It was like, oh, that's good. You know, it was enough to to give you that jump scare um, and, and the suspense. But uh, uh, but then they tried to like do more like pro- feature the shark more prominently in the in the later movies and they just didn't have the technology to make it good and then of course the storylines were terrible as well um so i'm gonna go with jaws for mine it, they should have killed it after the first jaws there so we got go. got caddy shack we got jaws At bonus pick the, the walking diet apparently should be done but isn't that still running yep it is uh, um, yeah. it Unfortunately, it's stick a fork in it, <laughs> Tyler. Man, you're not getting out of it. I know. I've got. I I could come up with a like a couple of them. Now you're probably gonna laugh at me, and that's okay because I'm here for the entertainment factor. How many Land Before Time movies are there? I think there's 15. After the first one, it should have been done. I loved Land Before Time when I was growing up. Like as a little kid, it's great, great story. The dinosaur finds his grandparents in the end. What is better than that? It's, it's a great movie. Another one that they should have stopped at two, and that is Rush Hour. Rush Hour movies are like two of my favorite movies ever. Rush Hour 1, Rush Hour 2. The third one where they go to China is bad. It's, they should have stopped at two, and they should have never kept going. Another one they never should have made a third one of, Home Alone. The first two were perfect. Leave them alone. Don't bring in somebody new to play a kid at home by himself or getting lost anywhere in the world. Just leave it at two and move on with your lives. I like it. I like it. Nick, do you have any more to throw in there? Have you thought of anything else while we've been talking? Um, you want to go to the horror genre? Uh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Terrible movie. Terrible movie. Exorcist <laughs> 2. Terrible movie. Oh, like, no. <laughs> you, should just, you should just you should just keep them at one. Honestly, what what's the point of making sequels to them? Like right. in the Halloween movies too. Like, how many times is that guy gonna get fire in his face and still survive, or chainsaw to the neck? Yeah, I, honestly, I like it. 
<laughs> Man, I see now. That's that's Raider Nation. When you call in this week, uh, that's what I want to know. Which series should have been put to bed? Should have should have had a fork stuck in it after the first? I'll let a second one slide through, especially if it's like a Pirates of the Caribbean where they've got like fourteen of those movies out now. But but which one should they have quit after one or two? That's the question for the week. That'll be the poll on Facebook. I want to know what uh, I want to know what the general consensus is on that for this week. But all let's say, Nick, man. We really appreciate your time. Raider Nation does. We appreciate what you do. Again, man, we want to know where can we find you. Uh, again, Nick does all the film breakdown, especially this time of year. It's draft time of year. It's free agency time of year. Nick's Woo-hoo! got all that for you. Nick, what's that Twitter handle again? It's at Farabaugh FB. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Raider Nation, go check him out. He is a Steeler fan, but, you know, we can forgive him for that for this time. He does do great work on players coming out of college. Nick, man, we do appreciate your time. Thanks so much. I would wish you well and good luck, but uh, uh, you're still in enemy territory. So I guess, uh, uh, you know, just have a good rest of your evening. We'll have to do for now. (laughs) And good luck on your career. And thank you so much for all of the clips that you put up. And like I said at the beginning, like I've learned a lot by just following you. And uh, I appreciate it because as somebody that that uh, does a podcast, I didn't play f- like organized football growing up. I played like I was a center in fifth grade, sixth grade, and I hated it because I didn't get to hit anybody really. And so uh, I appreciate all the stuff that you put up about corners, safeties, wide receivers, running backs. I mean, you name it, this guy has Nick has it on his on his Twitter page. So go check that out for sure. Thank you, sir, for coming on the the podcast. And uh, I hope to have you back maybe again next uh, next time we're looking at prospects. Yeah, for sure, man. I'll come on anytime you guys need me. Awesome. Nick, thanks so much, man. We appreciate you and good luck. No problem, man. Thanks. Peace. Oh, man, that was great. Uh, once again, Nick, we appreciate your time and coming on the podcast and bringing us your insight. Tyler, man, that was a fantastic interview. I really appreciate it, even though it is coming from Steeler Country, uh, where they pound iron, pound steel over there. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it, that was still a good time. Yes, sir, it was. I uh, I came across Nick on Twitter, and I was just like, we got to get this guy on the show. He knows so much about draft and what you're looking for and prospects and i was just like man i'd love to have him on the show thanks nick for coming on the show and uh yeah i i thought it was great a lot of great insight into ab how his contract is going to work uh if you know kind of painting his picture from an inside uh source a fan of the steelers you know and so you know maybe that gives raider nation another another eye to view you know, while our one eye is blocked because of an eye patch, he lets us view in from the other eye. So anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. It <laughs> sounded funny in my head, but it wasn't that funny. That was that was so. awesome. That was awesome. But no, seriously, that was great stuff. Now, Tyler, let me ask you this: with all the with the rumor mill, obviously in in full love full the swing, rumor mill. Yeah, I got you... into a fight on Twitter this week, by the way. So I didn't take. <laughs> I died on a hill of keeping Osemele 
And uh, actually, it wasn't really a fight. I just said, I will die on this hill. And uh, everybody's like, well, that's all right, man. And so, you know, we're getting our voice heard out there. Obviously, Darth Vader follows us. So, I mean, we're hey. reaching into the intergalaxies or however far the away The intergalactic he is. empires, I think. Is yeah, what there we go. For. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that, uh, yeah. So, go ahead. Sorry, you, question. You, who, who would you rather have? Now, let's pretend we have to shell out big bucks for somebody. Let's pretend that. Would you rather have Bell, Antonio Brown, or Odell Beckham? You know, I, I'm going to take Odell Beckham. And the reason why is he's younger. Uh, he had the opportunity last year to really quit on the Giants, and he didn't. Right. He was there in camp, even though he wasn't happy. That shows stick to right. to me, and that's probably a made-up word, and that's fine. stick to to something that he committed to do. He committed to be there. They said that they'd get him a new contract. He did that. That's the type of person I want on my team. I don't want somebody that's a diva, that's a crybaby, uh, that says, I could be happy without football. I don't need football. I don't need the money. I don't want that. I right. want stability. We had that. We had that in Randy Moss. We want to go back to that? It blows my mind that people want to give up a first-round pick, or even a second-round pick, for a dude that couldn't care less about whether he's there or not for his team. He couldn't yep. care less, Micah. A- yep. And that just boggles my mind. Like, you keep the picks, you get somebody cheap, you pick up a Nikhil Harry, and crap, maybe follow that up with an A.J. Brown in the second round if he's still there, or a right. Marquise Brown, or, or, you know, whoever. But you're going to put money into this guy again? You just got Randy Moss 2.0 on your hands right there. And I will die on that hill as well. So, anyways, that's my thought about Antonio Brown. I will go uh, I'll go with, with Odell Beckham Jr. Because, I like it. Because he stuck with his team when it was when times were tough. Yep, yep. I'll, yeah, and I, I agree there. Younger player, uh, I think just as talented. Maybe you know I don't know what the speed comparison is, but I I mean as far as catching the ball, I I I almost feel like a guy like Odell Beckham caught a lot of the slant routes, a lot of the you know cross the middle type deal. I feel like that's what Carr leans more towards, and I feel like that might fit Carr's style of play. A, a guy like Odell Beckham, you know, a guy like Antonio Brown's known for that you know kind of that quick step off the ball, that stutter step, that pump and go and you're able to find him deep down the middle you know i think that's kind of what you're getting with a guy like ab so yeah i'm with you there i'm gonna pose that question to the nation though let's see what they say we'll find out next week speaking of that question and polling took a poll this week on facebook 42 percent said they'd like to see oakland raiders draft uh, dk metcalf while uh, 58 percent said nope draft somebody else um, I think that's interesting because obviously he was kind of the phenom, I feel like, of the combine. He wasn't. He was. There's no if, ands, yes, or buts about it. But I feel like he's more physically imposing than actual, you know, and I know the injury hampered most of his season. You know, maybe I'd be singing a different tune if I could have seen him play more than, what did he play, five games, I think? this. Yeah, I don't and, even know if it was that much. Yeah, and, and what did he have? He had like six touchdowns or something like that. I mean, it was, 
five or six touchdowns, I thought. Uh, I'd have to look that up again. But, I mean, it wasn't – they weren't, like, mind-bending numbers. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this guy is, you know, just out of control. It's more the physical aspects, which, while I like physical aspects of of a player, uh, you know, these aren't the Al Davis days anymore. I, pretty, I think you could pretty much pencil DK Metcalf in at number four for Oakland, you know, maybe, you know, ten years ago. But I don't, right, I don't think that's right. the case now. So – at Old Miss last year, 2000. Well, let's go 2016, freshman year. Uh, he had played in two games, two receptions, uh, for 13 yards, two touchdowns. Then the next year, 2017, as a receiver, 12 games, 39 receptions, 646 yards, seven touchdowns. This year, seven games, 26 receptions. 569 yards and five touchdowns. So not too far off uh, on those numbers, Micah. But yeah, I just, I don't see the production out of him that that I would like to see. And that neck injury as a physical therapist, I, I know I've been, uh, I've, I've been reprimanded for having this stance, but yet again, surgery is surgery, man. Surgery is surgery. I don't care where it is. If it's on your neck, it's on your back your leg. Surgery is surgery. Things do not go back to how they were before. And that neck scares me. I mean, it, it, right. it, it does. And so, you know, as I'm sure, and I've said this before, you know, the Raiders, should they take him, will do their due diligence. They'll ask the doctors what procedures were performed. The public, no matter how educated they feel they are, we don't know. We right. don't know what he had done. Uh, he said it was a fracture. Okay, so what did they do? Did they, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, that could have happened. And, you know, for that reason, I am hesitant to take him. Quick, fast, has hands like a vice grip. I've heard it all. Still worries me. Yep, yep. I want that on-field production. I want to see those numbers. I want to see that film. Uh, and, you know, I guess you could make the argument, you know, who he had throwing to him, the offensive scheme. You know, I guess you could make – you could look at that stuff all day long. But I think as far as, uh, uh, you know, using a four pick, even even somewhere in the teens or, you know, if we traded back, I still think that's way too high. I'd rather see us – I mean, there's so, there are a lot of other receivers I'd rather see Oakland get. I, you know, I wouldn't mind a Nikhil Harry, like you said, a, you know, Marquise Brown from Oklahoma. And those guys could be had the end of the first, first part of the second. I mean, I've got a feeling there are going to be a, there are a couple of names that are probably going to be there in the third as well that are going to be like, yeah. you know, guys to be had. So – Yep. We'll and see. We'll see. This is this is interesting. I just, because I could, I looked up Nikhil Harry's stats. 2016, 58 receptions, 659 for five touchdowns. Okay, 2017, 82 receptions, 1,142 yards, eight touchdowns. Last year, 73 receptions, 1,088 yards, nine touchdowns. See, that's production, my friend. Yep, and you know what? Again, yeah, and I like that. And that's not a small school. That's not, you know, I mean, ASU isn't a, the you know the most massive school on the planet, but it's not. You know, he's not coming out of, you know, you know, small, you know, Mountain West. You know, he's not coming from right. San Jose State where they're playing. You know, you're playing Mountain West teams, and sure, everybody's scoring points and putting up, you know, big numbers. You've got some decent, you know. That's Pac-12, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you've yep, got some decent, yep. uh, you know, you got decent uh, players in there, and you got a decent crop of teams that you're going to be going against week in and week out. So, um, 
so yeah, we'll see. I mean, our our questions are going to be answered, dude, literally within days, as we talked about. The Antonio Brown situation apparently is going to be cleared up by Friday. We're going to know where he's going. I've still got a feeling, man, it's going to be something random. He'll be going to, like, the Cardinals or the Buccaneers. No, the Cardinals are done. They're not in the sweepstakes. So I I would say maybe the Buccaneers, I, I something could, you odd. Know, you know, maybe the Bucks, Indianapolis or something. Because, you know, Jackson wants out of the Tampa Bay, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, what, so it's one of those, it'll be like, they'll get a speedy receiver and, and, and he'll whittle away somewhere else. I just, I don't, I really hope in Oakland doesn't, you know, trade this 27th pick or a 24th pick or do anything crazy. Even the second round pick, don't get rid of that either, man. They're going to be some good players in this year's draft to be had. What's that going to be at 36 overall, uh, 35, 35 overall. Uh There's going to be some good players to be had there, man. Don't. Don't mess it up, <laughs> kind of a thing. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's Don't my think opinion. Too much, right? Right, but you you know what? What? Who do you know? What do we know? Like I said, we can't predict the future. For all I know, we get a B, and the next two years he's you know an, a thousand yard receiver with twelve to fourteen touchdowns each season, and we're a playoff team, and we're like, wow, that was and one I'm... of the smartest <laughs> signings we ever had, you know? And exactly. So, but just on and here paper, I am over here all negative, Ned. Like, oh, right. it's gonna be Randy Moss and people. People are going to play this on YouTube or they're going to play it on Twitter and they're going to be like, Tyler, you're such a hater. <laughs> That's the way of the world. But from That's where I'm sitting right now, if you're asking me to look at the future and, and hedge my bets, because that's what all the, this is all a crapshoot. You know, you're, you're you're hedging your bets on these players and what you've seen before. I, I wouldn't take that bet, man. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on AB. So anyway, that's my opinion, Tyler. You got yep. anything else, man, for the nation before we wrap it up? Oh. I know I do, but I just I can't I I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. Um, Besides, just, stay sexy. Right, always. Always, that's but always. I think that's a given. I think most of the nation understands that already. Yeah, uh, you know I. Just thanks to all of our followers. I mean, yep. I don't know all of you. I don't. You know, I I, I probably interact with you on Twitter and stuff like that. But just, I mean, this is like our, a dream of mine come true. I mean, just to be able to, to talk Raiders football weekly and interact with, you know, with other people that love the Raiders too and, and get different ideas, even though I don't agree with all of them, you don't agree with mine either. And you know what? That's fine. That's, that's perfectly fine. I said that on Twitter, you know, after we had Rob on last week, that that's just something that you know like we need to pull together as a nation as a family don't bring other people down just you know say well that's a good uh, that you know that's your opinion that's fine and uh go from there so you know be kind i guess is my is my uh thought of the week i like it i like it well raider nation as always we appreciate you tuning in thanks so much for the love and we will see you in the next episode Just win, baby.